What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 84 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friends. For the very first time, welcome to the show, Ram! Hi. What is up? Glad to have you here. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, not too much. Just um, just coming off some games, and, you know, it's another week. <laughs> Speaking of coming off games, we got hot off of a Twitch stream. Miss <laughs> Nova Chloe herself. What's going on, Chloe? Welcome Hello. back. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for being here because, of course, as you can hear, uh, we've got no Steve, second week in a row. DJ backs out on me at the last minute. <sighs> you know, you guys gunning for their jobs now. Chloe, you've been coming on the show a bunch. I mean, hey, <laughs> we'll see what happens. That's how DJ got his spot, right? Pixel stopped showing up. He slid right in there. So this is your opportunity. Yeah, Pixel. Watch out, DJ. I'm coming for you. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> But again, thank you guys so much for joining me here. I'm very much looking forward to this episode. We've got a ton of questions from all the uh, all the potheads at home, and uh, some some little news that we'll see if we get to because honestly, there's a lot to talk about. And you guys have been playing some games uh, that I'm very interested in talking about. Um, but if this is your first time listening, welcome to the podcast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast. Where we get together every week and talk about all things Nintendo. Uh, of course, you can support the show by uh, you know finding it all over the globe, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Give us a subscribe. Uh, we're here every Monday morning. And uh, you know, give us a like. Share it with your friends if you've got Nintendo fans in your life that you think would enjoy the show just like you do. Uh, if you want to get some more content from us, of course, you can head over to LootPots.com. Visit us over on Twitch.tv slash LootPots, our YouTube channel. All the places you get your video game content, we're there doing it for you. And, of course, uh, you can also hit us up at Loot Pots on social media. And if you want to be a part of the show, like all the fine folks in our mail pot did this week, which, again, thank God, because nothing is going on in the world of Nintendo. So I'm real glad we got some questions. Uh, you can, of course, hit me up at Pete at LootPots.com. Or you could join our Discord, uh, where we're always having conversations about everything going on in the world of video games. And... Uh, you know, there's a, also an off-topic chat if you want to talk about real life, but I don't know why you'd want to do that. That's not why we're here. Um, but uh, you can head, hit up the podcast channel over there and get your questions in as well. Um, so that's that's enough shilling for right now. Oh, sorry, one more thing to shill. Patreon. Go hit us up at the <laughs> Patreon. Best way to support the show. For just a buck, you can get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, uh, which, you know, we'll be doing right after the show. So uh, if you want to hear us talk about, you know, things that aren't Nintendo, um, that's a great way to get a little bit of extra loot pots in your life and also help us keep the mics on. So before we jump into what we're playing, uh, I have a new name for an old segment. So in the, uh, the last couple of weeks, I've pulled a question from our Nintendo that I thought was interesting because, again, it's been slow news day, so I got to fill these shows up somehow. Uh, and I've decided to officially christen this as its own segment called The Question Block. And this oh, is like where that. I'm just going to pull. Yeah, it's right. It's good. It's, it's good nice one. Nintendo-y theme. Comes right from the Nintendo Reddit. So this, uh, this one comes from the user Razorbeams. Uh, and they asked, what do Sony and Microsoft do better than Nintendo? What does Nintendo do better than Sony and Microsoft? So I'm thinking we're on the, the, you know, the dawn of a new console generation right around the corner here. Obviously, there's uh, kind of like everybody's arguing about Sony versus Microsoft right now. Felt like an appropriate question. So what do you guys feel each of them do better than Nintendo? And what does Nintendo do better than the other two? Anybody have one they want to jump out with? Uh, I think like one of the obvious ones for Nintendo is like IP. Like, my, like I can think about like the everyday person. Like my parents have no interest in games. Have never had any interest in games. They can identify Mario. They can identify Donkey Kong. They're not going to know the difference between like Doom Guy and Master Chief. So, sure. Like they have like 
don't know, because I think they've just like kept the same characters around for a really long time and have done a lot with them. They're just like instant, instantly recognisable across like like so many mediums and it works well for them. So what about the inverse of that? What do you think uh, the other two do better than Nintendo? I like don't, like, there's, there's not an obvious standout for me. I think maybe the obvious one is like console power and like computing power, but whether like i mean i'm coming from the approach of a nintendo fan where i like clearly not a priority for me as well but sure i also think there's have because there's so much more like third party support they all year round have a ton of games coming out whereas here we are sat in our annual drought it feels like yeah so that's for sure i mean i feel like this is the first real bad drought we've had on the switch too you know so i think we've been kind of spoiled by the last couple years what about you ram yeah, so I'd say that um, in terms of what Sony and Microsoft do better than Nintendo, uh, I would I would really focus on services like uh, Game Pass, Xbox Live, even PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus. Like, they're just better than anything that Nintendo does service-wise. Mm. Um, Nintendo has the games, but like the games that I care about, but like they don't do services well at all because they're not tailored for that audience. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. <clears throat> like, uh, I definitely enjoy the uh the nintendo and super nintendo apps for what they are but like when you compare that to like a service like game pass and now like getting bundled with x cloud and everything like that it's you know it's like night and day yeah so what about the inverse what do you feel like nintendo has over them um nintendo has all the like in terms of their uh, in terms of their games they have all the uh like the family friendly kid friendly games um especially like couch co-op they're the kings of couch co-op and everybody knows for that sure. <clears throat> so i would say for for me i i think nintendo does hardware innovation better than either of them because i think uh the Wii U aside, which I think, like, you know, we all know how that one played out. Um, Nintendo does a great job of creating, like, unique new hardware that has, like, a hook and does it on a budget and makes it, like, affordable and accessible. Um, and sure, they sacrifice power for that, but, you know, it's hard to argue with the success, right? When they get it right, they get it right. And you look at you know, the Game Boy and, like, creating a handheld market where there really wasn't one. You look at the DS and the 3DS and, like, doing the whole dual-screen experience, kind of selling people on touchscreen, creating a casual market with the, Wii, uh, with the Wii and the motion controls. And then now with the Switch, like, having a modular console that I think speaks to both uh, that casual audience that they've kind of created and courted over the years and the families and all that kind of stuff, but also to the core gamer because it hits that perfect like nintendo handheld sweet spot where yeah it's not the most powerful machine in your arsenal but if you want something that you can take on the go or play indie games something like that like it it fulfills a niche and um it people definitely connect with it so that's definitely what i'd give them um as well as you know to your guys point the the ip you know nintendo has some of the most powerful ip in gaming and you know there's no question about that um i think in terms of what the other two do it's definitely um, I think reacting to the market because Nintendo, we praise them for kind of doing their own thing. And I think that that's great, but it's also hard to not look at like the way that they handle online and how slow they've been to, you know, adapt 
things that are standard that people want from them, like things like a, an achievement system was a huge ask you know, years ago. People don't really care about that so much these days. But um, And then, again, like having better online infrastructure, not having to use friend codes. Like There's so many things where it feels like they're very stuck in the past. And that, I think, is the thing that frustrates me the most as a Nintendo fan is I love the things that they do that are unique, but I also kind of want them to get to the get with the program yeah with certain stuff so i uh i thought this was a fun a fun question i hope you guys uh enjoyed this segment uh let me know how we feel about the question block and uh you know maybe i'll uh, i'll keep it rolling when they're when i find a good one so let's jump into what we're playing this week um i'm playing more ghost of tsushima so i i'll talk about it briefly because i had a long conversation with dj about it last week um man i love this game i am I, the more I play it, the more I'm, like, just in the loop of it, you know? Um, and uh, I am, like, just so addicted to it for some reason. I, like, I've been playing it for, like, 20, 30 minutes on my lunch break. Like, just whenever I have a second, it's like, oh, I'm going to go clear Fox Den. I'm going to go do this, you know, go uh, clear this shrine. And I don't know, man. It's just really got its hooks in me. Do you guys have any interest in it? I know, Chloe, you had said you were like... I definitely... Like, it's definitely something I will get around to. But like, like I said before, I really thought Last of Us... I'm not a big, like, player of my PS4 generally. Right. So, like, I thought Last of Us 2 was going to retire the console for me. And then I heard such good things about this game. And now I'm like, no. <laughs> I feel like, for me, it's not, like, urgent. And um, I'm definitely going to wait for the prices to go down, which with PS4 games is probably not too far off but so probably like next month yeah i was gonna say it's probably gonna take day two and they're like 12 pounds but um yeah no i'll definitely get around to it but i'm like not like super keen right now but it's something i'd definitely like to get around to cool i hope you do uh i i'm really really enjoying it like i it's not anything revolutionary but i think what i really appreciate about it the more i play it is how it iterates on like mechanics and and systems that are really popular in like this you know open world third person action RPG light kind of game like you can name a million games that are in that genre and like it kind of takes good ideas from all of them and iterates on them very like slightly um, like I think the biggest thing is the way that like waypoints work is like um, everything's guided by the wind so you don't like have a hud you don't have a compass that you have to follow it's just like whenever you're in the world you know even if you get distracted and like go run off and do some side thing if you want to get back to whatever quest you were following it's like you just look in whatever direction the wind is blowing or like oh that's actually oh, like, really gr- cool it's so cool it, it like it really helps i think because I, I think a lot of developers are trying to go for that like more lo-fi HUD look. You know, they want less stuff on the screen, <clears throat> and they want you to feel immersed. And I I dig that when it works. But I think about you know how certain games, like even with like The Last of Us Two, where which I think like the um, the uh, signposting is really good. Um, there were times where I wouldn't necessarily I'd like get tripped up and be like, oh, which way was I going? Like. And then I realize I'm going the wrong way, and then I have to turn back around. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, in this game, that's never happened to me. Because any time that I'm disoriented and I need to reorient, it's like, I just look at the grass, and it's like, oh, it's moving that way, so I got to go that way. No, that's really clever. And like you said, because they're, like, minimizing, like, clutter on the display, I, it must just, like, look nice all the time. Yeah, I mean, the landscapes in that, in that game are so 
beautiful. Like my favorite uh, spot in the map is this place called the Golden Forest where just all the trees have yellow leaves that are constantly falling. And it's just like, oh my God, I'm just like walking through an anime. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's funny, Ram. Like I know this, this kind of game isn't usually your jam, but I feel like you might mm. like it just because of like the art direction. Cause like it's just so pretty, and I know you have like yeah. an affinity for Japanese art. Yeah, and what you're describing with uh, specifically like the waypoint system—that sounds like something that's really actually intriguing to me. Um, not having like a marker on the map or something, but instead like you just follow the wind. I really like that idea. It's like you barely have to look at the map, you know? Like I only really ever look at a map after I'm done with a quest line, and it's like I I don't have anything else set up, and it's like oh cool, what do I want? What do I want to tackle next? Yeah. Um, and it definitely has like a lot of great like quality of life decisions. Like it's super easy to fast travel around the map. Anytime you see anything, it immediately gets marked, and you can fast travel back even if you haven't completed it. So it's like super easy to like you know jump back and forth between tasks. And like if you want to pause a quest in the middle of it, like there's no penalization for that. Like you can just be like, ah, I'm gonna go do something else and resume this quest line later. And you know it, it makes it super easy to just kind of play however you want to play. So. I hope you guys check it out. All right. So I'm going to – usually I have, you know, whoever's the new blood go first. But I <laughs> want Ram to go last because you have a whole thing that I'm real excited to talk about. So, <laughs> Chloe, why don't you tell me about your experience with uh, Origami King? Um, I'm really liking it so far. So I think I'm about, like, 10 to 15 hours in. So I'm, like, a good way in. And I love it. Like, me and DJ were talking about this the other day because we're not, like – I mean, I don't know if DJ's like a big fan of the series, but I have, like I played like a couple hours of Thousand Year Door, so I didn't go in with like the hardcore Paper Mario fan expectations of sure. like, if it's not Thousand Year Door, I don't want it. And I love it. Like, I really, really like it. It's Good. it's just like fun. The environments look great. The combat system, which I know is everyone's complaint, I like agree. Like, it's not really that fun. Like, there's a really limited number of attacks. The whole like moving rings mechanic just feels like a waste of time but aside from mm. that it's just like so worth it for like the environments they put you in um the story like again it's a mario game i didn't go in expecting a story and there was just this one really sad bit i played last night and i was like tj have you got to this bit and he was like yeah it was so sad and like there's <laughs> just like lots of like story surprises in it so yeah i'm a big fan i really like it so far good i'm glad you're enjoying it i know um when DJ and I were talking about it, like, he definitely got my my interest kind of reengaged on it a little bit because I was iffy in, like, the pre-release material and, like, the kind of lukewarm reaction didn't really make me, like, want to rush to get it. I feel like I'm kind of where you're at with Ghost right now mm-hmm. where it's, like, I definitely want to get to it, but I think I'm going to wait a few months for, like, another lull and, like, try to grab it on a sale or something like that, you know, and... Yeah, I I definitely think it's worth it. Like, I don't think I've hit the midway point, but like every like different area you're in so far is, they're all so different. There's like sometimes like, like actually like laugh out loud moments at how absurd it is. Like, because that's I think that's what like the fun in Paper Mario games is. It's like all the characters you know and like love, but just like taking them beyond where you can with just like the like mainline games. And it's just so worth it. Like, it's it's just, like, a fun game, which I know is such, like, a boring way to describe it, but it's just, like, <laughs> funny moment after funny moment. Like, it's really, really good. So you've also been playing Ooblets, which I'm very interested to hear game about. And you and Chewie have been, game like... Game of the year 2020. 
you guys have been campaigning it, it uh, so on Twitter. <laughs> it's so good. It's basically, it sounds like really weird when you try to explain it. And then it's just like a mix of really like good games. So basically an ooblet is sort of like a Pokemon in this context where they're like different like cute creatures. The aim is to collect them. There's different color variants that are slightly rarer. So you have the rarest one is called a gleamy, which is basically a shiny. And then there's an uncommon variant too. So there's like three of each ooblet to collect, which is fun. And then the way you get them, I was actually watching, um, I think it was from like 2018, like a build of the game. And it was like a traditional turn-based battle system. And I was like, oh yeah, this is very Pokemon. And then uh, I got around to playing it when it came out. And the way you like get an ooblet is through like a dance battle. But it's like a, a card. It's like it's a battle. It's like a card-based dance battle, and the only okay. way I've been able to describe it is by comparing it to like Slay the Spire. If either of you ever played that, I haven't. It's I'm just, familiar with it by name, but I, I don't really just, think I know what it looks like. So there's like dance. It's like a card-based dance battle, which is really fun. It's like it actually gets like surprisingly like technical for what it is, and then um, you instead of just like catching the Uber like you would a Pokemon, you. Um, they like give you a seed if you beat them in a dance battle and then you have to like plant it and grow it and then there's like a whole farming sim aspect too and there's just like like social sim farming sim card based dance battles and it's just funny like it's so good it's just so funny and that's the thing it was one of those things where within the first 20 minutes of playing it i was like this game is so good (laughs) so good but yeah if you like haven't tried it i'd really recommend it and it's still even in like still in early access as well so I think it's only been out like two weeks now and they have added so many like content updates even just like the last two weeks not even just like bug fixes but like actual like new content too so That's i'm like cool. very excited to see like how it like pans out it's been on my radar for so long like i i think they like you said there was the first reveal of it and i want to say 2018 it might have been even a little earlier than that like when they first announced it anyway and um I, like it was immediately like yup following this on steam this sounds like a hundred percent my jam and it's like the thing that it's like finally crossed the finish line mm-hmm. it's like oh whoa like it kind of snuck up on me you know well that's the, it's um, still but i'm not really though, glad like, you're it's still it. like technically in like beta early access so whenever like the full game comes out i'm so excited to like see where it goes because like i said this was early access so i paid i think i paid like six pounds for it i think it's gone up now but i paid got it for so nice. cheap expecting maybe like five hours of gameplay just because it was in such an early stage and i got it for so cheap i'm about like 14 hours in and i don't think i'm anywhere close to finishing what is available in early access so there's like so much in there so yeah i'd really recommend it like it's just a ton of fun if you've ever liked animal crossing like pokemon farming sims of any kind like you'll definitely find like fun in it yeah you'll like you'll definitely find (laughs) fun in it yeah that definitely sounds pretty good Especially the uh, farming sims and Pokemon together. I don't even know how you work it's that, but that so sounds good. great. So good. I'm such, like, that's, I'm such like an advocate for Ooblets. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so funny because I, I think every time I've tweeted about Ghost of Tsushima, you and Chewie have both been like, play Ooblets. <laughs> well, see, I, I've got so many people to play Ooblets that like they noticed and gave me like a free code to give away. Like That's how much on Twitter I'm just like, Ooblets, Ooblets, Ooblets. So I'm all for it. <laughs> Man, get me a code. What's up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like for like pre-release. I'm gonna be like, I need a referral code, and then then we can talk. Yeah, right. 
It's like, I mean, hey, like, I'll, I'll reach out. Like, hey, it's not on a Nintendo platform yet, but, you know, I'll talk about it on the show. What's up? <laughs> Hit me up. What's up, Ooblitz? <laughs> this one of those things, like, it belongs, it belongs in, like, handheld mode on Switch. So I'd love to see it come there, like, one day. I don't think they have, like, solid plans for it yet, but I hope one it comes day. to Switch. It, like, it's one of those games that... where you play it and you're like, I want this in handheld in my bed. So, like, I hope, yeah. I hope it comes. I really do. It definitely feels like a game I want to play on Switch. So good. So, and just briefly, I want you to talk about uh, Fall Guys. Oh, that's um, my second game of the year, 2020. I don't know Animal Crossing <laughs> or The Last of Us anymore. Um, <laughs> no, Fall Guys is... It, so it's by Devolver. Well, I mean, published by Devolver. It's not out yet. They've had a couple of, like, beta tests. And it is just so much fun. It's basically, it, the pre- it's basically like a battle royale. The premise is you have, like, 60 players um, per, like, match... But you go through a series of mini games and you are like these crazy people. They look like little beans. You you can like earn crazy outfits. And they're just like, I've seen people compare it to like Takeshi's Castle and Total Wipeout. It's those kind of like levels. And there's, mm-hmm. for each level, there's only like a limited number of um, players that can progress to the next round. So it's just like a last one standing across a series of these like crazy mini games. And it's just so much fun. I intended to play it for like, um, just like two hours on Twitch because I thought, yeah, I have like some uh, codes to give out for the beta weekend. I'll just like chuck them out to anyone who's like comes into chat. And I did like five and a half hours by the end of it. I kept going until holy until crap! I didn't know you was that long. No, I watched the the one clip you put out of you uh, winning that yeah, match so and just losing it. That was five and a half hours in at one o'clock in the morning. So that's wonderful. and it was just it was so much fun. Like because for the first few hours I was just like playing it on my own but you can party up with you can't like join the same team in the game but you can join the same match with people so by the end of it i had um there was a party of four of us all on voice chat on the stream just going through these rounds of this game and i can't wait for it to come out i think it's coming out the uh, it's august 4th is that tuesday so that's like yes. a, gonna be a day one buy for me like it's, it's so much literally fun. tomorrow actually uh if you're listening to the or yeah if you're listening to this on monday it's out tomorrow yeah, like so much fun. It's like even like with or without friends, it's so easy to sink a ton of hours into it. It's also um, they announced that it's going to be free on PlayStation Plus. Yes, uh, I saw that. Which is sick because I was going to definitely pick this up anyway. But if it's like I can get it for free, it's like hell yeah. And then if I like it, I'll have the excuse to buy it on Steam. Yeah, my issue is that there's no uh, cross progression or cross platform matches yet. Yeah, so even though I do have PS Plus, I'm gonna like commit to PC for now. But when they manage to like merge all those lobbies, it's like you're never gonna have troubles like finding a match at that point because someone with a PS4 will be playing it somewhere. So no, I'm looking forward to that yeah. a lot. It's really cool to see um, see that it's gonna have that day one release because I feel like that could really like be huge for it, like in the way that it was for uh, for Rocket League. Hmm. You know, like that really put that game on the map because so many people got. To check it out for free so uh yeah here's hoping uh here's hoping it hits i think it will all right <laughs> so now it's time it's time ram you gotta tell me about Sorry. retro game treasure you picked up uh, a mystery box called retro game treasure why don't you give us the spiel what is retro game treasure yeah so uh retro game treasure i mean like so personally i was looking for something like loot bot or loot crate um that was like you know better 
and so I like I looked through like all the sort of uh, geeky options that were available. I looked through like all the anime ones and everything. I ended up stumbling upon what is of course uh, Retro Game Treasure. And so what it is is essentially you put down what consoles you have, what genres you like, what retro games you already have, and even a wish list. And then every month for I think it's thirty dollars a month American, they'll send you out a tailored box uh, based on your wish list, based on what you like, and excluding any games that you already have, in order to ensure that um, in order to get you a whole bunch of uh, like up at least three games um, that are like for the consoles that you have that you would be interested in, hopefully. So it's just a really easy way of like expanding your retro collection. So like started looking at it and it's like, you know, my retro collection needs some work and needs to be bulked up and I'd like to find like some older games that I'd be interested in, especially like a lot of RPGs kind of get thrown under the bus and forgotten with time and so I ended up, uh, I ended up biting the bullet, grabbing it and my first month was, it was kind of whatever, like um, I got Prince of Persia The Two Thrones, which really good game. Uh, Skyrim for 360, which a lot of other people like that one. Sure. Um, and uh, I got for the uh, Super Famicom because I put down I was okay with post with um, imports. I got uh, Super Donkey Kong 2, also known as Donkey Kong Country oh, 2. Oh, sweet! But this month, but this month I actually got um, I actually got a really good haul with um, two of the games that I got were actually on my wish list, which is Fable 2 for the 360 and Tetris for the NES. And then I also got some um, for uh, for the PS3 Saints Row the Third, and for the Super uh, Super Famicom the um, what was it uh, Seiken Densetsu Two or Secret of Mana in the West. So like that's a real honestly good month. like yeah that's a real good month. And I don't think I could get those four games for thirty for thirty dollars. I I really don't. And I'm I've been so impressed with it. I was talking to DJ about it and. Uh, Showing him like what I got, he he also bought into it for this. I was gonna month. say um, DJ must. He's ended up getting a little bit say, delayed. DJ must be all in on this after just like hearing you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's he was all in on it, and then um like his package got delayed. He was wondering what was up with it. He contacted the company. They got back to him within ten minutes. The owner did to like uh, just to clarify like what happened, why it was a little bit late, and he's been so impressed with the customer service that even he was he was like. He was only gonna be a part of it for um for like just to try it, just to see what happened. But he thinks he's gonna stay with it, and I'm I'm definitely staying with it because that's just amazing. Like half my games that I got were games that I already really wanted. I'm super happy with that, and I'm I'm definitely referring that referring everybody I can to that. Anybody who's interested in retro games doesn't really want to go out and like look for the hundred dollar games or whatever. It's an easy way of building up your collection. Yeah, that sounds great. That's all. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Um, I am definitely interested in it. I, I, I think I want to check it out myself. Um, but right now I, uh, I'm about to pay to do an album, so I'm not trying to spend a bunch of money on on retro games right now. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's definitely something I'm I'm super interested in, and, and I know we had talked about um, doing some unboxing videos when you guys get them, and like potentially uh, seeing if we can. You know, talk with uh, with with the founder as well. So uh, hopefully, we'll be getting some more content around Retro Game Treasure because I think what they're doing is really cool, um, and uh, I definitely like to shine a light on it. So uh, I am eager to see what you get in your third box. 
Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that, and that should be the end of uh, end of August that I get that, it seems. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what I get and see how it follows up with these first two boxes, because first one wasn't fantastic, but still really good games. Donkey Kong Country 2 is a great game, and Prince of Persia is one of my favorite franchises. Second box, stellar. I, I'm more happy than I thought I ever would be with it. Slam dunk. That's awesome. Well, uh, I, I'm eager to see uh, what you think of some of those games, too. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's, uh, let's hop into the news. Um, this first one uh, is you know, not a huge piece of news, but I know we've got some Stardew fan, uh, Valley fans um, and you know a lot of physical collectors in our audience, so uh, I wanted to give this one a shout-out. Stardew Valley's got a collector's edition uh, for Switch and PC that is out on Fangamer. Uh, you can pre-order it right now. And um, it's not going to ship until November, but you can go check out, you know, all the details. There's, like, a ton of cute little collectibles and, uh, you know, um, there's, like, a, a, a little, like, comic. And it's 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 a really nice package. Yeah, sure. I'm just looking through it now. It looks great. Like, I am not, like, a huge fan of Stardew Valley, so I won't get it. But just looking at everything that's in it, it looks really good. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a, I think a, a nice package. I'm kind of where you are, where, like, I I'm, I definitely was a big fan of the game, but not enough to, like, I don't really feel like I need to buy a, a collector's edition of a game that I've bought, like, twice already. <laughs> Three times, actually. I bought Sarah's copy, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I did just want to give this one a shout-out. So, uh, if you guys are interested, check it out. So, then the other, uh, it's really the only piece of Nintendo news this week, is that Animal Crossing's um, August update went live, um, actually, today or it's summer part two, whatever. And um, so we've got the fireworks show starting in Sundays. Uh, there's like some new items like sparklers. You can do custom fireworks. And um, I saw an article already on uh, on the Nintendo subreddit when I was putting the show notes together where like tons of people are just uploading vulgar pictures that they're making <laughs> in these custom fireworks already. So um, seems like you have a pretty good amount of creative freedom there. <laughs> and uh, the biggest thing was that Dream Islands are back. Um, you'll be able to show off your island or visit others, and um, obviously a lot of fans, you know, like DJ especially, was like uh, really kind of banging the gong for missing that feature. So um, I'm sure a lot of people are stoked to have that one back. And then uh, the island backup restoration service is also live as of today, July 30th. Um, so you'll be able to uh, save and transfer your island, which has obviously been a problem up until now. And uh, they teased out the fall update, which seems to be having Halloween coming, which is cool. Um, so where are you guys at right now with Animal Crossing? Have you touched it in a while? Are you interested in any of this? I'm like solidly out, I think, which is hilarious because I thought I'd be playing this for years, but I mean, the only thing that like, I think this is like a great update if you're still in on it. But for me, the only thing I find like really exciting about this one is the island restoration service because I have a 250 hour save file and like my Switch... I don't know. I don't know if she's got much life in her. So <laughs> I'm glad to see um, uh, like a save file backup. But yeah, not enough to like pull me back in properly yet. What about you, Ram? Yeah, so actually uh, like two or three weeks ago, I actually deleted my island <sighs> and restarted from scratch. Wow. I had like 110 hours into the game and I just I threw it all away because I... I'm, I'm a single player sort of uh, story kind of person, so it's like, 
once I got KK Slider and that was all done, I wanted to play more Animal Crossing, but I didn't have like any goals to set, so I just I'm just like, you know what, I'm gonna restart from scratch. Are you happy? Like um, that you did that because I've had I heard a lot of people do it and then they're like no I actually can't be bothered playing through the first like 10 hours anymore so like how like how do you feel um I've been uh, like I've been I already played through the game once already like to through the story completion part but um like I've been I've been having fun just sort of dabbling in it rather than like the first time I just sort of stormed through it I played like 10 hours a day for like two weeks and it's been nice just playing like an hour here an hour there like every couple of days just doing it the more relaxed way that sort of animal crossing yeah. kind of intended I think to that's be what, i think that's what ruined it for me is that i did the same i played like 10 hours a day for probably like a month and then wondered why i didn't want to go anywhere near my island anymore so like that's i can't even it's not even <laughs> the game's fault it's just like i played it wrong and now now i'm stuck without it <laughs> Yeah, I'm in a weird spot with it where, like, I actively want to get back to it. I just have not really, you know, like, I've been playing so many other games that have, like, really captured my attention. Um, like, first it was Persona 5, which I still need to get back to, and then Last of Us, and then Ghost. And, like, I've just been really, you know, connected to my, my PlayStation lately. And, um, you know, because I've had, like, new, fresh experiences that I'm, like, chomping at the bit to get through... Uh, it's been hard for me to like want to double back and play something that I already have put over 150 hours into, you know? So like, I'm sure I'll get back to it, but I'm bummed that I'm like missing all this summer stuff while it's happening. And that like, you know, like I, I have like FOMO about it, but I really just like, don't want to, like, I don't want to play less ghosts to play animal crossing is really the thing, you know? So, um, we'll see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to figure it out. (laughs) All right, so let's jump into the mail pot. Um, we got a ton of questions here. This first one comes from that that guy, who's one of our patrons, who says, "What are your thoughts on the Giga Leaks, and what do you think it means for the future or for future game development, as well as archival efforts for classic games?" And just to clarify, I don't mean the whole official ROMs are piracy and it's not good and we don't endorse them. I've heard that more times than I can count, but I meant more uh, meaning your thoughts on it as a concept kind of thing. So. Um, I this is kind of a controversial take um, for someone who, you know, uh, like tries to work, you know, with Nintendo and and stuff like that. But like I I'm not I don't like necessarily buy that line that like ROMs are bad and it's piracy and like I think there are examples where that's clearly the case, right? Like I'm not advocating for piracy of games, um, but. There are so many old games that are, like, impossible to get your hands on or you can only get through the secondhand market. And, you know, um, something that DJ talks about all the time is that, right, like, eventually those games won't work anymore, right? Like, they will break down. Their parts will expire um, even if you take care of them. So, like, ROMs and, you know, being able to archive those things is really important for the preservation of, of video games. And that's something that, like is very very near and dear to my heart uh is you know it's a it's a young medium yet in the grand scheme of things and um there are already a lot of really really important games in the development of games that are like lost to history you know so uh i really do think that the people that go through the effort of like collecting these games and ripping them and preserving that that code and and that data is um is important you know and it's something that like 
will be thankful for in in the years to come and it does frustrate me how aggressive nintendo is about it um because this information coming out it doesn't hurt nintendo right if anything it's like it's just intrigue it's stuff that like we want to know and if they were willing to you know make like more art books or you know like histories of and stuff like that and make that information more accessible for money um then that would be a different conversation but they're not so like these leaks are a really interesting way to learn about games that you know are like part of the lineage of nintendo you know and like for me games i grew up with and like i'm interested in learning like these cool little tidbits and factoids right that's why like did you know gaming is like so popular is that like it's just it's cool it's cool trivia you know who does it hurt to know that there's you know like to hear the uncompressed version of like the Star Fox vocals you know and stuff like that like it's it's uh it's a thing that I think only deepens your appreciation for it rather than like hurts them in some monetary way you know yeah no I'm definitely on board with you there in terms of like this these uh, these leaks of like source codes and whatnot that have been coming out of uncompressed archives and everything it's i understand like where nintendo's coming from they want to protect their their ip but as a fan i really like being able to see being able to see sort of development pieces and being able to sort of feel like i can see what kind of was on the cutting room floor what was sort of left behind and um, just yeah, those neat little t- tidbits that uh, did you know gaming will have in a couple sure. months. Like, yeah, it's just I, I'm not gonna say I'm all for it, but I'm definitely not against it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chloe? Any takes? Not really. I didn't keep up with the leaks, but so I actually have no idea what went on there. But um, I also some really interesting stuff came out. It's like, but like you said, it's for like games you care about and grew up playing, whereas they were games that I was like, I've, I don't know what this is. So sure, like these things yeah. in particular, I did not keep up with. But like I agree with the whole, like because Nintendo don't make their like older game library accessible, I think, like when, like, going back to like the ROMs and ROM stuff, like if like other people, if like normal people aren't going to like archive them, no one else will. So I'm like, yeah, if like Nintendo aren't going to like actually like give like good access to their older games through like any like formal and official ways i'm like it it needs to be preserved and if they're not going to do it someone else should yeah and and i I also think that there are a lot of fun things that come from roms like um i know doc who actually asked the question right uh he streams over on uh i believe it's twitch.tv slash that doc guy if not um sorry doc i think uh, i hope i hope I think it is. Yes, I hope they find a switch there. Um, and he has been doing uh, like a Zelda randomizer uh, for Ocarina of Time, and like it's cool to see how people like breathe new life into old games through ROMs and like do like fun ROM hacks and like there's a whole culture around that stuff that is really fascinating and and a ton of fun and like I don't know. I don't I don't think that hurts anybody, right? Like if you paid for the game and you're gonna rip it and screw around with the code so you can do goofy stuff and stream it on twitch like more power to you all right so this uh next one comes from navalis is another one of our patreon supporters and says um 
do you think Nintendo will ever do a game pass a game pass type thing for its games? Nintendo has such a large library of first party titles that it would seem foolish not to go this route eventually. I feel like this has a shut up and take my money thing written all over it. Um I don't know that they will because uh and we've talked about this before but like Nintendo's IP is the most valuable thing that they have and um they are very very protective of the value of their ip it's why nintendo games almost never go on sale and it's why like they don't go down in price and it's you know um you can check out ram wrote a whole article about um animal crossing sales and one of the reference points was how like legacy nintendo games sell over the course of their console life cycle in a way that most other exclusives don't and we were just joking earlier about how, like, within two months, any Sony exclusive is, like, you can get it for, like, 20 bucks usually, you know, on a good sale. Um, and that just doesn't happen with Nintendo. So the idea of them having a service where they're putting all of their games on, like, day one rather than having you buy them at a premium price, I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Their games are worth too much to them. I agree. I think maybe, like, the closest thing we'll get is what we have with Switch Online. But, again, I still can't see them supporting anything beyond like retro for that and even switch online is yeah like i i know you like get some fun out of it pete but the like nes and snes uh library on switch online has like no interest to me so i think that's the closest thing we'll get is like service for like access to the retro titles but like you said their games hold value so well yeah it's never going to make more business sense to put them behind like a subscription service i don't think but I, I do think there's something to like what you're suggesting of like maybe not on the switch but maybe on like a successor to the switch we see like more of a unified you know uh retro kind of thing and i think that could be worth it if like the library was more expansive because like the fact that they give you the games for free like with nintendo switch online is chill um but i feel like if that was like a five dollar a month service and it was like you have access to every single, you know, game that they can get the license to for those, you know, generations gone by. Um, I think that is something I could probably see them doing because I feel like they don't really know what they want to do to leverage their old IP right now. Or not their old IP, but their old software. Yeah. Um, or they wouldn't have two separate streaming services that you can get for free or whatever, you know. Uh, it's muddled right now. And I think the idea of them having more of a like virtual console style thing or a game pass style thing that is you know um focus on retro games makes sense to me at some point what do you think ram yeah sort of sort of to um add on to what you guys were saying um yeah i agree that like if they do anything like that it wouldn't be anything that's like within the last 20 years yeah like anything within the last 20 years they're not gonna touch and put onto any sort of shared streaming service or not streaming service but um like game pass like thing game pass for nintendo it would only be stuff i think even if we ever saw nintendo 64 on the nintendo switch online or any sort of similar service i'd be kind of amazed um and then beyond that like it makes more sense financially for nintendo to number one maintain the value of their ip Number two, maintain the value of their old properties. And number three, do things like Link's mm -hmm. Awakening Remake, where they sort of just, from the ground up, rebuild it, make it look like a new game. You don't actually have to do the full development of a new game. You already have mechanics and everything 
already spot on. People already love it, so marketing's already mm-hmm. halfway there. And just financially, it just doesn't That's make a really sense good point. for that. Like, I am a sucker for those HD remakes because I missed out on the originals. Revisiting those, the graphics are not something I'm interested in seeing through. I don't know why I wish I could, but I can't. So you are, you're absolutely right. Like I'm the exact market for those HD remakes, so I'm all for it. I, I, I genuinely think you can have your cake and eat it too on that regard because like i think you look at like um how excited people were when they brought uh pokemon red blue yellow and uh gold silver crystal to the virtual console in the 3ds and how much money they made on that and it's like i think you can totally do the remake and sell the retro and like get us coming and going honestly and it's like i I think it behooves them to have a solution to that because you look at the virtual console on the Wii and the Wii U and like those were awesome and they had a huge library and they made a good amount of money and like I feel like there's a way to to balance that out and maybe a streaming service is, is the way to do it. With the virtual console, how like what like how what was the most recent like console games were on there? On the Wii U they had um up until was it just sixty four? I don't think I don't they don't ever think had so. GameCube games. No. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, so it was N64 games. So, because if they've got all those, like, I don't know, sat there, I don't understand why they've not added more to Switch Online. If I know. Because, like, Virtual Console, to me, makes sense. Just, like, pay for the games you want to own. I would be all in on that. Like I said, I, I... have no interest in half the games. I mean, I'd say 90% of the games on the Switch Online right now. So being able to just pick and choose which ones... I would love to see that on the Switch, but why would like- it's it's baffling to me that it's not a thing. It really is. Like I I totally get that. I think the reality for like why the virtual console was so popular and possible in previous generations is like Capcom wasn't making like the Mega Man Legacy Collection then, you know, and like maybe they they did you know they had one on the GameCube, but in that generation, like a lot of publishers like partnered with Nintendo to put their old games out on the virtual console. And now I feel like more and more you're seeing like the secret of mana collections and like things like that. There's big money in, in repackaging things. So like I get that could be a problem with the third party stuff, but just put all the Nintendo games on there. Like why can't I buy earthbound on my switch? If that I want is, like, to, the only, it just seems stupid. That's the only like super Nintendo game I want to play. And there's nowhere like legitimate to get it. Was it on the like, uh, it's on 3DS and Wii U. Was it on the Super Nintendo the, Classic thing? Is that what they're called? Yes. It's on there too. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there are ways to get it, but, like... Well, I looked into getting I want to play it on Switch. I looked into getting it on 3DS because that's how much I wanted to play it, but I have the, like, older model of 3DS that doesn't have... And it doesn't that, play it. <laughs> like, storefront for it. So, I'm, I'm... Like, if I want to play it legally, I can't. Like, I'll just have to buy a console and I'm not going to do that Same. for one game. Yeah. It's totally like, insane. chuck it on, a, like, a Switch eShop for £5. I'd buy it. They 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 wouldn't do it, and it's insane. Like talk about again things that Nintendo do wrong from the top. This is one of them. Bring back the virtual console, guys. What the hell? All right. So this, uh, this next block of questions comes from Left Left Eye Lazy, who's another one of our Patreon supporters, and says, "Are the Lego games just gotcha games for Americans?" No, Fire Emblem Heroes is gotcha game for Americans because there are a lot of weebs that play the hell out of that <laughs> game. We love gotcha games just fine here, man. 
All right, so uh, while COVID had a major influence on people purchasing Animal Crossing at launch, do you think the ongoing pandemic has led to people's interest in the game's updates dwindling as we spend more and more time at home? I mean, I'm a case yeah, study we... of this. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I think people binged it because there was a real drought of things to do and the novelty of of quarantine hadn't worn off, you know? And I think, yeah, I totally think the dwindled interest is because people mainlined the game for so long. I was thinking about, like, uh, I was, like, thinking about how it compared to how I played New Leaf uh, today, actually. And I, like, went back on my 3DS, so I played New Leaf on and off for probably, like, two to three years. And my hour count is just over half of what my New Horizons was at like six weeks. Oh my god! So that's how I, that's wow. how I know I've played it wrong. And like it's like that's the thing. It's not like can't fault the game because I know a lot of people have co- had complaints that like there's been missing content. Like there's not as much as there was in other games. But when you're meant to play this game, when this game's going to be supported for at least a year with new updates, you're not meant to play 250 hours in two months like I did. And that's the thing. I only have myself to blame. Like, I'm really sad about it, but hopefully there won't be a pandemic by the time the next one comes out in 10 years. And we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say, that, um, I'd say that interest in the updates is definitely something that's dwindling for the early adopters of the game. But I'm not sure that that would ever have been any different for the people who were like, gonna buy it day one like the majority of people who are gonna buy it day one they were excited they were looking forward to binging into the game getting that animal crossing experience and i think a lot of us were also sort of looking to get that and then sort of move on even if we kind of wanted to move (laughs) on in like two years um versus people who like they wait two to three months to get it because they don't have the funds or they don't have the time to start it or anything I don't think that they went and binged into the game like. Well, uh, and I think like, like a lot of people. This is like a point I, I brought up a few times on the show recently, where like I think there's a really big difference between um, us and like normal people, you know, where like the game enthusiast crowd who are like we podcast and stream and listen to podcasts and watch streams and YouTube videos and all that stuff, like and follow news updates, like. We're hungry for games in a way that, like, a normal person who's playing Animal Crossing, like, isn't, you know? Like, I know plenty of uh, my more casual gamer friends who are, like, still playing Animal Crossing um, regularly as one of their main games, you know? But they don't play they, – they don't even play 10 hours of video games in a week, let alone in a day, you know? Um, so, you know, it's just, like, a night and day difference between the way some people experience games in general, let alone a game like this that is kind of supposed to be a slow burn. Do you think any Nintendo properties will eventually be brought to PC like Sony is doing with Horizon? No. No. <laughs> no. I think unless no. Nintendo stops selling hardware, no. Not ever. The, the market on PC is not big enough for Nintendo to really bother. They they had their hand forced with mobile, and even then, they waited until there were 3 billion people who had mobile devices that could play them. They're not going to And I PC. think, again, like they they want PC players to buy a Switch. Because they know that that's a part of their, a yeah. big part of their market is a lot of PC gamers also have a Switch. They don't play console unless it's Switch, and why is that? Because it's got the games, and it's handheld. 
With the F-Zero rumors turning out to be fake, what direction would you like the franchise to go? With the success of Mario Kart, there's no need for another racing title. How would you like Captain Falcon and Co. presented for new generations going forward? So, this is... Like, I don't have a huge relationship to F-Zero. I've played... Um, is it F-Zero X? The one that's on Super Nintendo. I played that a good amount on my um, my Wii U when there were no games on Wii U and they were releasing a bunch of retro games for 30 cents. Um, I was like, oh, cool. I'll try F-Zero, and I got into it for a little while. Um, and I think F-Zero is cool. Like, I, I could see myself maybe getting interested in a new one, but I agree with you. I don't really feel like there's a place for it anymore. Like, Mario Kart gets faster and faster, and I don't know that Nintendo, like, feels the need to have two racing franchises, you know, and, like, who would make it? You know, are they really going to build a studio to make an F-Zero game? Like, I don't know. I was going to ask, so is F-Zero, like, everyone's going to be like, why did you bring this person on the show? But, like, I don't know anything about F-Zero. <laughs> is it just, like, a racing game? You're allowed to not know things about games that were made when you were, like, not even alive. <laughs> so is it... <laughs> the last F-Zero game that was made was on GameCube when you were probably, like, seven. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know? Um, so is it just, like, a racing game yeah it's like a futuristic racing game um like it's all like set in like the near future and it's you know like they're not really cars they're more like ships you know like they don't have wheels oh, that sounds but cool. it's, Wait, I'm you know gonna, i just want to like look up a picture quickly yeah what do you think ram um i i honestly disagree with uh, cool. with your opinion in that it, it doesn't really have much of a place in nintendo's roster i think that it absolutely has a place I think that Mario Kart is a great party game. As a racing game, I think it sort of fails because it doesn't have the level of skill that a lot of racing yeah. game fans want. F-Zero was that game that it was a high skill game. It didn't have luck mechanics. I don't think of at least anything major. It wasn't really a party game. It was a game that you played to get good at. And I definitely think that there's there's always a place for games that you can get good at like when i think of like xbox with uh with forza or even uh with playstation and yeah Gran Turismo, that's, a, that's like, a great point i think that f-zero could just be a futuristic version of those yeah, that's pretty interesting actually. i think that's a really solid point i'm sorry what i was, was saying that? yeah that's really interesting because i again come from like i have no interest in playing like a racing game that's not mario kart so didn't yeah but then i'm kind of the same again way. i've never played this one either so i don't know how true it is but i've heard that like Crash Team Racing is actually a bit more like tactical than Mario Kart. Can F Zero like? Uh, oh, were they, are they are they serving amazing. the same like audience? Then like, can they both like mm. coincide today or not really? I I think Crash Team Racing is is like, it's still a kart racer. Like it's more technical, and I would say like it definitely has more of that kind of high skill ceiling that that Ram's talking about. Um, but. F-Zero is, like, not a kart racer at all. Like, you don't have projectiles or anything like that. It's all just about racing and, you know, sharp turns and, like, avoiding stage hazards and stuff. Um, so I, I think I think you make a good point, Ram, about, like, it being Nintendo's answer to, like, a Forza or, like, a, um, a Gran Turismo. But I guess I wonder if there are enough Nintendo players that want that game. But we'll see. I think it. I think it could definitely come back as like a, specifically as maybe like a budget title. Like if they really just leaned into it being like, you know, a more like a modern arcadey kind of game and like sold it for a smaller price. Like that could be 
a really cool solution to that problem, but Nintendo doesn't play that game. <laughs> yeah, it it honestly it doesn't really fit into the types of IP that Nintendo in their internal studios tends to garner as well, being a more high skill yeah. sort of niche sort of game. Um, and even like if you're on the Switch, there is uh, there is Fast RMX which launched with the Switch, and it kind of fulfills that high skill ceiling. Um, futuristic racer that uh, that F-Zero would have. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't. I honestly don't know that we ever get another F-Zero. Like, I... Yeah, I don't think so. I always say, like, nothing. Like nothing's ever truly dead in video games. Like, so many random things come back and come back strong, so it could happen, but I struggle to see, like, the market for it, I guess. Whether or not it would be a unique thing in their portfolio. But stranger things have happened. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. So the last one did come out in 2004. And does it, has there it have go. really, like, any other appearances, like, outside of Smash? Or is that all it's really seen? Nope. Yeah, that's really it. There's, um, there's, like, some uh, F-Zero DLC in Mario Kart. But oh, that's really cool, actually. That's it. There's, like, uh, I think I think the Big Blue track. And you can get, like, some of the, the rate, like, Captain Falcon's car is, like, a cart. So there's like there's a cool nod there. I honestly think that would be more likely than anything if they eventually like if Mario Kart Nine is just like Smash Kart, which is a thing that like I think people have been asking for since they started putting all the new characters in. You know, it's like oh like Link and Zelda and the Animal Crossing villagers and all right, so can we get Captain Falcon in there? Like, <laughs> all right, so this next one comes from Wakahula, who's another one of our Patreon supporters who says, what do you think will be the new unique selling point for Nintendo's next console generation? So far, they've tried VR, touchscreens, 3D, double screens, and more. I can't think of any feature that could sell more systems than the Switch does with its unique portable-slash-home combo. Um, I don't think Nintendo's next console generation will have a unique selling point. I think I very much anticipate a Switch 2, in the same way that, like, you know, we had the Game Boy, and then the Game Boy Advance, and then we had the DS... And then the 3DS. Like, I think we're going to get... And we even have the Wii and then the Wii U, right? I think we're going to get an iteration on the Switch design that is, you know, um, more powerful. You know, uh, potentially, like, has a few other smaller innovations. Like, you know, I, I, I could see them adding other weird, like, gimmicky stuff. Like, eye tracking or some weird crap like that. But who knows? Um, but I definitely anticipate another portable slash home console and honestly i have a feeling that all their consoles moving forward are going to have that at some capacity because they had such a you know the handheld market was their bread and butter especially last generation um and has been for a while so i can't see them giving up on that and i don't know why they would split those markets again because it's proved to be really really successful for them do you think now that we're like three plus years into the switch that this won't be we won't get a switch pro in the same gen like it will just be new console that may or may not support these ones just out of interest i have a i'm sorry what I was, was just, that? like just out of interest i'm not trying to like provoke a certain answer oh. <laughs> i realize it's, it no, sounded no, no. really um, like aggressive <laughs> no no not at all no i i think that's a good question i do think we'll see a switch pro a pro quote unquote like i think there will be a another iteration on the switch's design um, because I think the idea of the Switch having a five to six year life cycle feels right to me. Um, that's pretty standard. And 
you know, we're three years in now. I think we're probably not going to see that this year, given what's been going on. But I think if we saw it next year, and then we have, you know, all of 20, or, you know, most of 2021, all of 2022 with that on the market, and then maybe 2020, like end of 2022, early 2023 is when we get the successor. That's kind of the timeline I'm thinking right now. Um, But, you know, it's hard to say, like, how much this year has changed their plans because they might not do a a revision at this point because the thing's still selling like hotcakes and they can barely keep it on shelves and they have the the switch light so maybe that's they maybe that's all they feel like they need but i don't know all right so the this next one comes from uh mr den over on twitter he says, do you guys think August is the month Nintendo will decide to break the silence and at least announce one game that's on its way? And do you think that cadence, the cadence of Hyrule DLC is all the Zelda that we'll get this year? Will we maybe see Wind Waker or Twilight Princess HD or something? I have no idea anymore. No theories, huh, guys? Say, like, at this point, <laughs> I'm so, like, tired. I feel like trying to guess what Nintendo do is such, like, a losing battle. Like, pandemic aside, it's just... just Especially this I'm, year, I'm, like, though. out on... I'm just taking the approach of, like, oh, when gosh. it comes, it comes, and I'm, I'm just, like, I'm giving up on, like, trying to, like, work it out. Okay, so I'm gonna... I'm gonna make a prediction. I think that in August, they do announce one game... And it is shadow dropped. Like we had the, uh, what was it? The jump rope game that came out a couple weeks ago. Something a little bit bigger than that. Or shadow drop Metroid Prime Trilogy. You think they're going to shadow drop Metroid Prime Trilogy? You're crazy. (laughs) You know, call me crazy. But like, I think that that would be a great marketing move. Especially in the year that we're in. Especially when people are so bored. And they don't really have the ability to like, Go and like do party games or anything because you know we got to keep socially distanced. We can't do a party, we can't do a Mario Super Mario Party 2 or whatever. Um, I think that's something that's like very linear, single player, straightforward story like Metroid Prime Trilogy would be a great fit. I would love to see them do what they did with um, with Paper Mario, where they're just like Metroid Prime Trilogy is coming out, we've got a direct about it, it's out in like a month. Like that would be sweet. Um, I would really love to see that. I don't I don't know. It's so tough. Like I I think we I think there's a good chance that we'll see that in August because we did get that um partner direct just like what 2 weeks ago or a week ago now or whatever. Times meaningless to me these <laughs> days. Um and they said that they had more of those to come. I actually didn't watch the direct. So, so did they actually say like ex- expect more soon? Like Yeah. They said that there were going to be, yeah. I think, they said there would be a few more of them this summer, oh, I believe, was the, the way that they were. So I, I'm anticipating. Yeah, oh, throughout the year. Okay. So I'm anticipating, like, a few more of them. Yeah. Um, I, I would say probably at least two more, right? So with that in mind, I don't know. Like, I, I think they, if they have a game coming this fall, we have to hear about it sooner than later. So August makes sense, um, but it could also be a September thing at this point. Like it's hard to gauge because I I want to say that they're gonna have more software announcements to come this year, uh, especially with the way that Super uh, or 
not super. The way that Paper Mario Origami King was announced and then kind of unceremoniously released. When was the I an- gotta imagine. Sorry, go on. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, when was the announcement for Paper Mario? Was it was it April or May? I just wonder. Like, I, let me see. I was wondering if you knew off the top because even I even don't. Three months, but yeah, go ahead. That was like it came around so quickly. So I'd love to see more games coming out at that sort of announce. It was May. May fourteenth. Yeah, really, exactly. Yeah, two months. I before. liked that. Like, I feel like it's yeah, that works for me. Just drop it, drop a release date, There's and then there's two months to sort of mm-hmm. get people sold on what the game is, but there's not waiting like, oh, there's a new Paper Mario game coming out. What will it be? Yeah. What will its gimmick be? I think, You're going to have to wait a year for that. With, uh, you know, such like dedicated, like you know, hardcore fans of the older games, that year of speculating and getting expectations up would not have, whatever the game turned out to be, wouldn't have done anyone any favors, I don't think, so... No, definitely not. I think the reaction to that game would have been way more sour if we had waited a year for it. Um, so I, I think my money's c- kind of on August is when they confirm if that Mario collection actually exists. I forgot all about that. Whatever must be. They're going to be. And, and I, I feel like it must exist because of who's reported on it, you know? Um, so we'll see what happens on that one. Uh, as far as the Zelda question goes, I kind of think Hi- Cadence of Hyrule is all we're going to get. Um, I I think until we see Breath of the Wild 2's uh, next trailer, uh, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see anything else with Zelda right now. I mean, so like, to play devil's advocate though, three or four years ago, Nintendo did say they were working on a Zelda mobile game. So There's what no if way. Zelda mobile they game? did that report That's a few months ago where they're like, we're done with mobile, it's over. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're going to see that. I bet that game's dead. You never, you never know. know with Nintendo. I'll give you that. Oh yeah, it, it's 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 probably been thrown to the cutting room floor, or just uh, maybe it'll get um, reiterated into the next uh, the next sort of top-down Zelda game that they do. But yeah, I I, I agree with you there. That cadence is all we have. All right. So uh, this last question for today. Uh, is going to come from Asobi, who wrote in to me at Pete at Lupots.com and says, Hello there, Pete, Chloe, and CEO of the Mailpot Ram. <laughs> <laughs> Here are my questions for this week. Uh, so I'm going to skip the first one because we we gotta we got to move this one along, Asobi. Um, but what are your wishes for additions in Metroid Prime 4 that weren't in the previous Prime games? You know, I have only really played Metroid Prime 1. Um, I've not really touched two or three and like i might have literally touched them but i never put any significant amount of time in them um so i don't i don't really have like a wish list for it as much as i just i want them to make a game that like i really connect with you know like and i i guess for what i remember about prime which is again this is going back when i was a kid playing it on gamecube um i would like the shooting mechanics to be tighter because that game doesn't feel like a first person shooter it like feels like an adventure game where you shoot if that makes sense yeah and i want it to feel more like an fps like and it doesn't need to be like a twitch shooter but like if it had more of like a bioshock feel to it where it's this very spooky atmospheric you know what metroid's known for with like a nice tight 
you know, uh, shoot a couple different, like, options with the, the blaster and, like, you know, her some of her arsenal, like, the, the morph ball and all that stuff. Like, I think you could have, like, a really, really tight um, action-adventure, like, FPS kind of deal. And that's really what I'm looking for out of Prime 4. You know, I really want it to, like, properly make me a Metroid fan. I've never played Metroid Prime, so... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no expectations. I I played, like, probably eight or ten hours of Metroid Prime 1 earlier this year, and honestly, really good game, and I'm really excited to see Metroid Prime 4 come out. Um, I want that trilogy to come out so I can play, like, through all those on my Switch. Uh, but I, in terms of, like, a wish list, yeah, I'm not really educated well enough on it to really have much of an opinion of what do I want it to have. <laughs> that will be uh, that'll be the one. You be like put the, the switch to your face and like roll on a ball on the floor until your switch is broken. Oh gosh. But like the camera spins with it too, just so you just like you get nauseous. Uh, so, uh, last question of the day: What's your relationship to leaks? Do you love reading them? Do you try to avoid them? Do you think links leaks are good for Nintendo for creating hype and interest in Nintendo, even when they have nothing to be reported on? Um, uh, it's hit or miss for me. Like, I I'm interested in leaks like the one we talked about earlier. Like, I love um, leaks about old games specifically. Like, uh, Doctor Lava is a great Twitter follow um, who like constantly tweets out like. Uh, like lost Pokemon and like old sprites and like concept art and all this cool stuff that I wish they would put in a book, but they never do. Um, so we have to rely on on sleuths. Um, so that kind of stuff is really cool. But when it's like the leaks uh, that happened with like The Last of Us Two, where you know people are like going out of their way to try to spoil the game and all that kind of stuff, like I don't, I actively avoid that kind of stuff because I want to experience something that i'm looking forward to in the moment not beforehand you know um so to me it's very much like how close in proximity is it to the actual game because like there's always pokemon leaks and i never ever look at them you know i try to go in not having seen the decks because i want to have genuine moments of like oh i like this oh oh this is a fresh thing for me you know yeah i don't really pay much attention to leaks i think just because, especially with like, uh, like leaks about directs, for example, there's there's as many. I mean, there's more fake ones than there are real ones. So I would rather just sure like, take it how it is the majority of the time. And a lot of the time, leaks. I don't know. I think if like say it was a game I was really really looking forward to, like Animal Crossing had like a big leak, I'd be interested in that. But there's not many other games or franchises that really have my attention like that. So I'm sort of quite happy. It's not even a, oh, I don't want to, like, spoil it or want to, like, save it for the game. It's just, unless it's a game I'm really interested in, I, like, will not expend the effort to take a look at leaks most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly a pretty big fan of leaks. Like, I'm always, uh, I'm always looking around the internet to see uh, what people are saying might be happening, um, what sort of announcements they might be looking at next. But, like, in terms of like, um, yeah, in terms of like what leaks I'm okay with, I don't like leaks that like contain the contents of what an of like what a title is gonna be. Um, I'm 
I like when like a leak is just like, hey, there's going to be a direct, um, there's going to be an announcement of a sure. Zelda game or something, but not like, oh, but it's going to be like, it's going to be Wind Waker, but everybody's blue. Like, I don't want to know the contents of it. I just want to know generally I should be excited and this is who should be excited. I get that. That's fair. Well, all right. Thank you to everybody who wrote in for the mail pot this week. Again, if you want to get your thoughts read on next week's show, you can write in to me at Pete at Lupots.com. Hit us up on the Discord or um, get over on our Twitter thread every week uh, where it's every Thursday before we record. So, um, again, you can go follow at Lupots, turn on notifications. We don't tweet that often unless it's uh, hype shit. So, you know, it's worth it's worth turning on your notifications for. Easiest way to keep up. Uh, so thank you to both of you for joining us on joining me on the show. Chloe, great to have you back. Ram, great to have you here for the first time of many, I'm I'm sure. Okay, <laughs> great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, it's like, oh, I am wrapping up, but I gave you a chance yeah. to say so. It's like the second or third time where we're just throwing it to you just who's going first? Who's going Thanks first? For All me. right. <laughs> So uh, real quick, um, since you guys are not normally on the show, I'm going to give you the opportunity to uh, to plug your, your Twitter or whatever, your your Twitch show. Uh, Chloe, why don't you go first? Um, I am NovaChloe underscore on Twitter and just NovaChloe on Twitch. I stream so much like nonsense all the time, but it's like fun time if anyone <laughs> wants to like come in and watch. All right. And Ram? Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, at Real Jade Willow on uh, on Twitter, and uh, that's really the only social media that I use aside from Discord. Um, I mostly just like do retweets of video game announcements, anything that's really sales related. Um, sometimes I'll like throw in uh, throw in my hat to um, to like anything sales related or make an opinion. Uh, you know, sometimes controversial <laughs> opinions about games that are bad. Um, <laughs> been known to do that every once in a while but uh yeah if you if you want to be angry just look at my twitter get mad yeah <laughs> about undertale's awesome. art style for a get great mad. conversation oh y'all will fight you ram all right <laughs> all right so uh you guys can uh, of course keep up with us on loopots.com we got all our stuff head over to the patreon and uh for a buck you'll be able to get access to after dark uh which we're about to hop into right now so i hope you'll go uh show your support over there and uh if not, we'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast.